या स्कैनर है माई टैब वर्क्स ऑनलाइन पेमेंट है ना ऑनलाइन But the move has been not just of customers. As platforms rose exponentially, so have the number of cases of fraud. As per the RBI, on average, 37 fraudulent attacks were recorded daily by financial institutions in the financial year gone by. Growth in the number of platforms used during the pandemic and new modes of instant payments have dramatically increased the risks associated with platform fraud. The most recent one to make the front page has been SafeXPay. 16,180 करोड़ का घोटाला सामने आया थाने में दो पुलिस स्टेशन में पाँच से ज्यादा लोगों के खिलाफ हुआ मामला दर्ज लेटेस्ट फिनटेक फ्रॉड रेजेज अगेन इज दिनटेक फ्लोरिंग इन इंडिया सेफ वॉट आर दीज कंपनीज रियली डूइंग टू प्रोटेक्ट कस्टमर डेटा एंड फंड एंड विल दरबीआई स्टेप इन टू रेगुलेट वॉट सीम्स लाइक अ फ्री फॉर ऑल फिनटेक फंड फेयर Will tokenization be the final guardrail, like two-factor authentication, or will it merely be a token move? And will rising cybersecurity cost be the death knell for many picking India as the fintech mecca? We hear from our in-house fintech expert, ET's Pratik Bhakta. While you talk to any industry expert, they will say that frauds cannot be stopped, fraudsters cannot be removed from the industry, but the best you can do is ensure that these can be brought under control. a fintech firm betting big on india india is the fastest growing fintech market we understand that india is a very very price sensitive market but whatever our learnings from this market is we are really able to adopt it to some of the global markets and a digital payment veteran who has seen it all from roll out to regulation one transaction passed through multiple player now everybody is not equipped with the same set of security or same level of security it's the last day of october from the economic times i'm your host anupriya nair and you're listening to the morning brief Well, it's just a few days away from Halloween, and a compilation of encounters with digital frauds and the quantum of money lost would make a good scary story session. So I turned to Pratik Bhakta, our deputy editor at Times Internet, and I, as I mentioned a bit earlier, our in-house fintech expert. Pratik, welcome back on the Morning Brief. Thank you, Anupriya. Happy to be here. Pratik, let me start up with the lay of the land. How big is the payment market in India, and what's rising faster? fraud or fintechs of course i would say fintechs are rising faster but yeah let's put some context here like you know the digital payments industry is growing leaps and bounds like a recent bcg and matrix partners india report pointed out that by 2030 global payment revenues could go north of 520 billion dollars in india we have upi which is clocking around 10 billion transactions per month a record of sorts 
And on top of that, there are those credit cards and debit cards which add another 500 million monthly transactions. So the adoption of digital payments in India is going through the roof. Be it merchant payments, be it person-to-person -person payments, a lot of that is happening digitally these days. But there is another interesting aspect around digital payments. It also contributes to almost 50% of all fraud attacks on the banking system. RBI data shows. In FY23, around Rs. 276 crore was lost by banks to fraud attacks. While banks have historically faced fraud attacks on their lending business, this is a new aspect where they are facing increasing number of fraudulent attacks. Recently, SafeXPay, a Thane-based payment gateway, was in the news for losing around Rs. 25 crore to fraud attacks allegedly by ex-employees. So you see the, the industry is growing, but at the same time, the frauds are growing as well. And this has traditionally, Pratik, been a very tightly regulated industry. Banking and banking fraud has been a very tightly run ship by the RBI. They too have been sounding an alarm on these rising numbers. But can they really force the fintech hands in becoming more cautious? The Reserve Bank of India is, after all, the guardian entity for this entire sector. And they have been cognizant of this issue. It has pushed banks, fintechs to adopt multiple steps to prevent, reduce and check fraud. From a consumer data side, it has mandated tokenization of cards to obfuscate the card details of customers during e-commerce transactions. The regulator has also mandated payment players to apply for a PAPG license. A PAPG is a payment aggregator slash payment gateway license, which have been designed in a way that it will only have serious players with proper technical systems evaluated by the regulator who can offer online payment services. Besides all this, it all obviously runs the campaigns throughout the year to keep citizens alert to fraud attacks. So you see the RBI is aware of the issue and it is actively taking steps to ensure that these can be checked. While you talk to any industry expert, they will say that frauds cannot be stopped. Fraudsters cannot be removed from the industry. But the best you can do is ensure that these can be brought under control. So I want to talk a little bit more about what you mentioned right now, tokenization, um, Pratik, because to a layman, it's a bit confusing because it takes us back to a time where, you know, our credit cards were not working, the subscriptions that we had online for many of our platforms, OTT and other platforms as well. Uh, now the RBI is taking out this tokenization where they're saying, make your cards more safe, make your payments more safe. Why is this a good thing? Is it more cumbersome? Will it really take off? Just, you know, break it down for us. Yes, I think uh, tokenization is a major thing. And first, let us try to understand what is exactly this tokenization. So in simple terms, it is changing your unique card number into a random token while saving it on e-commerce portals or other payment gateways. So even if someone steals the card details from the website, they will only have a token, which can only be de-tokenized by the card networks, which these fraudsters will never have access to. I think after RBI's two-factor mandate, Tokenization is the next big thing to happen to the Indian digital payments industry. A lot of card details were lost from merchant websites over the years. If you remember, many stories came to the forefront over the last two, three years. But now with tokenization, all that becomes history. Well, recently, the RBI has extended this facility of tokenization to issuer banks too. So what does that mean? As a customer, all this while, I had to tokenize my card on a merchant website or at the payment gateway. But now I can go back to my bank and ask them to tokenize my card such that when tomorrow I have to do an e-commerce transaction, I will just give them my tokenized number. There are some teething issues now, but those will be solved over time, I believe. So Pratik, 
given the fact that the RBI is putting the guardrails up and putting more obstacles in the fintech course, it puts the ball back in the fintech court now, so as to say. Yes, it does. And in fact, to get a clearer sense of what's really happening, I caught up with Rahul Jain, CFO of Entity Data Payment Services. Entity Data Payment Services India is part of Japanese IT services major Entity Data Corporation. The company settles over 10 crore transactions across India, catering to more than 6 million merchants. I connected with Rahul and began by asking him, what can digital companies do to prevent fraud? There are reports that substantial number of transactions which are having an issue with respect to the security concern and regulator has also taken and cognizant of the fact that there are issues with related to the security on the transactions. And the payment gateway companies, what needs to be insured is with respect to how the payment gateway companies are putting the policies with respect to the cyber-related fraud, fraud-related to the man-in-the-middle attack, fraud-related to the settlement procedures. Those are the very important aspects which needs to be looked at it from the security perspective at the payment gateways end. Rahul, also, you know, in that context, what I would try to understand from you is there are internal checks and procedures audit that is required to ensure that even employees cannot access personally identifiable data or sensitive payment information. In the context of whatever happened at SafeXPay, what we understood ex-employees or internal people were involved. In your experience of running an organization at this scale, how important is it? And first and second, do companies, specifically fintechs, do they build these systems very early on in their journey? Whatever has happened with this particular payment gateway company is predominantly an insider fraud, you can call it, or a fraud which has happened by one of the employees or few of the employees from the company. So one, while you take the employees inside the company, you need to have at the time of an onboarding certain validation and a process checks, that's how very, very important. Secondly, your process has to be so controlled that every day basis, there has to be certain amount of a check in terms of how much money is coming and how much money is going out. There has to be a proper control on a regular basis so that this kind of frauds cannot be done. Also, given that the RBI is coming out with its PAPG licenses, there will be regulatory audits being done on payment companies. Correct. Do you think that, you know, going forward, fintechs will also at least uh, will be forced to adopt systems equivalent to banks? See, right now itself, many of the fintechs, what they have adopted to look at it is the systems which has been used by the banks have been used by companies like us as well. Now, with PAPG, RBI is putting a layer where your escrow account would be audited by RBI, which would again add a layer in terms of the way the transactions are happening on your escrow account. And that would really put a one layer to the what normally the organization does with respect to the settlement processes. There would be a regulator who would be coming and looking at it. With the recent incident, obviously, it shakes some of the people's mind in terms of how the companies would have been run. With the regulator watching it, the payment companies would also have very stringent and literally a bank-driven process for them. The other point that comes to my mind is like, you know, payments is a very narrow margin business, specifically in India, where we have zero MDR regime for multiple payment modes and perhaps the most popular payment mode. In that context, uh, when you're investing in such high-end technology, cost always comes in mind. How do you balance out the cost and benefits in this kind of a situation? 
See, one, I tell you, one of the key aspects for us to invest in the Indian market, and I've been part of the evaluation team in terms of whether we should invest in Indian market or not. One, India is the fastest growing fintech market, and the kind of technologies which are being used in India, you would not see it in many of the places. We made an investment in 2019, and obviously the growth from there on have been phenomenal, and obviously majority of the growth have come in during the COVID time where people have to really rely on the digital payment options. We understand that India is a very, very price sensitive market. But whatever our learnings from this market is, we are really able to adopt it to some of the global markets where we have the presence. And there are a lot of learning. We understand the Indian market has a lower margin. But what we see is that Going ahead, industry is going to get consolidated. That's one aspect which we are looking at it, that once the, most of the PS gets licenses, there would be certain amount of consolidation which is going to happen going ahead in the industry. That was from the industry perspective to dive a little deeper into it. I turned to an old-time associate, Bharat Panchal. I have known Bharat since his days at NPCI when he helped design the risk management framework of NPCI's flagship products, UPI, Rupay, Fastag, and others. After spending almost a decade there, he moved across multiple organizations and is now the Chief Regulatory Officer at credit card scheme Discover Financial Services. Thank you, Bharat, for being part of ET's Morning Brief. Thank you very much, uh, Pradeek, for having me. Bharat, you have had a decade-long journey with the digital payment systems. Tell us how you have seen the prevention and safety structures evolve. About 10, 11 years ago, we started the monitoring fraud at NPCI. It was the basic kind of technology for fraud prevention. There is a leapfrog and people are now using artificial intelligence, machine learning, modeling. So it's just not, you know, kind of postmortem, but it has a preventive trend where it can give alarming predict scenario that fraud may happen. RBI has many a time emphasized about real-time fraud management system for the whole ecosystem. So advancement is happening from technology part also. But at the same time, the protester or those who are involved into this kind of crime, they are always two steps ahead to us. We have to always run behind them. We need to a little bit gear up how we can chase them before they commit fraud. It's a very valid point that you raised towards the end about fraud management systems. The RBI mandating so many things as well on the banks. Given that the payment aggregator licenses are up for grabs, right? And so many fintechs have applied for it. What I also understand is the RBI is scrutinizing these applications very, very diligently. Do you think with the licensing unregulated fintechs who are now getting regulated will have to invest more in their internal systems to prevent technology loopholes in fraud management? RBI has come out with digital payment security guideline where recently in 2021 and the second amendment is possibly being discussed. But every control RBI has as a regulator, what you emphasize, it goes across the board. Now, all this require very cohesive and very strong risk management framework. And that is what RBI as a regulator and we have seen in last couple of years that they are always bringing newer and newer control, irrespective of whether it is a new license or existing player. Everybody is now under the ambit of regulation and therefore whatever newer control or newer requirement uh, for some preventive control or preventive measures that RBI is taking and mandating to all the players. Because when you are working in the interoperable world, you are not bringing risk for your institution alone. It is a risk which will have a domino impact for entire ecosystem. And therefore, this is a need of power. And that I believe 
that is going to be continue and going to be further strengthen over a period of time absolutely and that brings me to my next point long back rbi had mandated two factor authentication in india on card payments and there's an entire story around how not a lot of people liked it globally it was not a norm why india did it there were so many debates around that but after so many years we've seen the benefits of it today rbi is mandating tokenization of cards could you talk a little bit about tokenization and how it is helping the industry see the tokenization is a great move because today your data is not in only in your hand it is in multiple people's hand a data point which can be compromised at any point in time and if it is compromised then it can be misused heavily now the tokenization has a great foresight of the regulator could you expand on how one transaction pass through multiple player there are hundred of player within the bank the aggregator the payment gateway goes to the merchant then third party application there are interface there are so many other people come into picture now everybody is not equipped with the same set of security or same level of security so tokenization mandate that the moment card is used for any online shopping at any website the merch at that point itself instead of the card number there is a token which will travel throughout the transaction life cycle with this mandate the card data in clear form cannot be stored by anybody only two component one is the card issuer the bank which has issue a card and the network like npci the discover visa master network are allowed because there are lot many other process required at the network and the issuer bank which has issue a card so what rbi has done by mandating this they have cut the root of the problem where data leak is possibly bring to a larger issue so if data is not traveling anywhere in between the whole transaction life cycle then the risk of data leakage itself is eliminated because there is no data the merchant is not allowed to store data all they can store is the token which is kind of one time randomly generated number which replace that real card number for entire transaction life cycle so tokenization bring lot of you know security and i think that is a great move by the regulator bharat i asked this question to rahul from ntt as well now you know fraud prevention is an expensive affair india is a country with payments is a very low margin business do you think this will be a major drag on the bottom line of these companies who are already struggling to make profits well let me be straight on this it is a risk versus reward because if you do not invest in fraud detection and internal control in the business you are which is payment a one small mistake can bring down not only your organization but it will have very very a waterfall impact on entire ecosystem that is the reason you know if you do not implement robust technology or advanced technology for today's cyber crime or fraud then naturally you are inviting a trouble because i don't want to get into that the who is making money in the payment ecosystem mdr and those there are a lot of other equation about it let me quote a great example of the cosmos bank what happened in 2018 it was just 3 4 hours and uh, suddenly 12000 transaction came from 28 countries within a window of 1 hour and that damage nearly about 95 crore rupees so it is just not about 95 crore rupees what bank lost there was reputation there was regulatory impact there was customer distress and they were not able to run the digital banking for many months so aggregated loss out of the lacuna in the risk management system or fraud detection system that cost is much 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 higher than implementing priority measure because ultimately you know banking is the business of trust and to bring that trust and or rather uh, to sustain that trust you need to invest so anupriya as you heard 
it's not going to be easy to prevent or stop fraud it's not going to be possible at all to stop fraud but what can merchants do what can payment companies do better is what needs to be understood they can perhaps strengthen their systems strengthen their internal audits checks to ensure that fraudsters find it so much difficult to siphon off funds that's the best that they can do for sure pratik and i think i'll just add a little more line in there to say that the other thing is also keen eye on background checks when hiring people that are dealing with sensitive data and funds as well and more regulation you know that expansive hiring that fintechs have been doing so that is another probably a regulatory area that fintechs will have to take a little more seriously as well after these cases that we've seen well i'm sure this is not the last we've heard of the fintech frauds but with that it's a wrap on this episode of the morning brief from me your host anupriya nair thank you so much for listening in and a big shout out to the team that put this together Indranil Bhattacharjee on the sounds and Vinay Joshi on production. Stay tuned a lot more coming up on the morning brief. Catch it on all your favorite podcast platforms. <laughs>